The most anticipated Seahawks draft, maybe ever, is finally upon us, and we'll be here for every minute of the first three rounds. We'll be joined by a stacked lineup of guests over the next two days, each of whom will react to and break down one of Seattle's picks as they happen. Today, we have 710 ESPN Stacy Rost in the lounge for the Hawks' first pick, followed by former NFL wide receiver Michael Bumpus to react to Seattle's pick at 20. And we finish up with KJR's talented drive-time radio host, Dick Fain. Plus, we've got a really exciting announcement for y'all. Let's light them up. I'm Jackson Bevins, and this is Cigar Thoughts. Welcome back to the Cigar Lounge. I am Jackson Bevins, and along with my rambunctious producer, Mike Barwin, this is a very special edition of the Cigar Thoughts podcast. Mike, how are we doing today? We're doing great, Jackson, because it is mother flipping draft day. Let's how are go! You? Let's go! Come, Come on. on, baby! Come, Come on. on! After months of waiting, wanting, speculating, and permutating, we are finally here. Perhaps no draft in Seahawks history has been this pregnant with possibility as Seattle wields two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and a third-rounder coming off an improbable playoff season with one of the youngest teams in the league. Imagine your franchise not having the second-most draft capital in the league. I I can't do it. Could not be me. Could not be us, Mike. Beautiful. It's beautiful stuff. And to be honest, I'm not sure I've ever been as stoked about a show as I am for the next two days. For those listening... We're going to be here in the Cigar Lounge watching the draft unfold, and as it does, we'll be joined by a dynamite lineup of guests, each of whom will sit in with us as Seattle makes their picks over the first two days. Starting us off is one of the most fun people we've ever had on the show, Stacy Rost from the Bump and Stacy Show on 710 ESPN Radio. She'll be with us to react to Seattle's first pick, which as of right now is still number five. And then her co-host and former NFL wide receiver Michael Bumpus will hop in to give us his thoughts on their next selection which is currently number 20. I say as of right now and currently because this is the NFL draft and who knows what's going to happen. But whatever goes down, we'll be here for it. And we'll wrap up with KJR's Dick Fain to give us his thoughts on Seattle's first round. Plus, we'll be back here tomorrow as Danny O'Neill rejoins us for pick 37, Davis Sue pops in for pick 52, and Griffin Sturgeon closes us out at number 83. But Mike, before we get to the draft... Oh, baby... We've got some thrilling news. What I'm about to say is the culmination of a year-long process and one of the coolest things I've ever been involved in. We recently teamed up with one of the finest cigar manufacturers in the world. And as of this coming Monday, you'll be able to order the first edition of official Cigar Thought Cigars. These are very special stogies, Jackson. I've heard uh, through the grapevine that if you purchase and smoke them, the Seahawks will win the Super Bowl and draft multiple Hall of Famers. So, you know, I don't know how we pulled it off, but it looks like we managed to. I heard the same thing. It was part of the agreement, man. And we're going to go into more detail about this on Monday because we are all excited for the draft to start. And I know how many of y'all out there are either cigar lovers already or are curious about getting into them. And I wanted to release a stogie that would provide an entry point into the world of fine cigars. And man, I think we've done that. The cigar is made from a high-end Dominican blend that has been aged 13 years for one of the smoothest smokes I've ever had. 
Hear me when I say we tried out many different blends of excellent product before choosing this one, and we've worked out pricing that will make them available to all of you for less than half of their normal MSRP. I've actually test run a pre-release with a number of folks, ranging from casual cigar fans to full-on enthusiasts, and man, the feedback has been overwhelming. Like I said, we'll go more in-depth on Monday, but I wanted to give you all the heads up that you'll have, honestly a basically unbeatable opportunity to get a premium cigar experience at a tremendous price. And in so doing, help support the show so we can continue to grow and improve the listening experience for you. I am just over the moon excited about this, and I can't wait to have these available to y'all next week. But for now, it's draft time, and I am giddy. All right, Raj, let's fire it up. All right, our leadoff hitter has stepped into the box. Stacy Rost from 710 ESPN is in the house. Stacy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing fantastic. So excited to have you. I feel like we've been waiting longer than we ever have for a draft. How are you holding up? <laughs> you guys, I mean, we have to have 20 hours a week of the show. <laughs> now, thankfully, the Kraken have given us, you know, something to talk about uh, with obviously a better season than last year and playoffs now. The Mariner season finally started, but I had someone text into the show the other day and they were like, can we talk about something else? I'm so tired of hearing about draft. And I was like, and now it's finally happening. I know. Like, it's now's one thing time. if you want to text me. I know. If you want to text me on February 2nd and be like, can we talk about anything else? I get it. But like, it's the day of the draft. No, now it's paying off. Now, exactly. Today yeah. is the payoff. And there we have it. We got Bryce Young, the number one overall pick. The smallest quarterback ever to get drafted is the first football player off the board. Now, he, uh, this is really interesting. Alabama, obviously, like a powerhouse program uh, collegiately. Everyone knows that. I didn't know, we did this during a little game show today, that uh, Bryce Young, the first Alabama player to go number one overall since 1948. Shut up. Which, no way. No, I swear to God. It does not seem right, but it was from al.com which is like their main alabama news outlet and even seeing that i was like that can't be right i just can't believe that nick saban's been coaching that long good for him <laughs> <laughs> we could literally have alabama off the board on picks one and two and you're telling me they've never had number one in the never. last 70 80 years? years yeah <laughs> i know can i just also say i'm loving I'm actually going to, I will be doing some fashion takeaways when important, which is important for uh, for Bryce Young's suit yes. right here in like the neutral, almost like Sandy Rose colored suit. Well, I'm I can always, appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm always a little bit miffed when players go with like a really bold look and I'm, I'm a fan of bold looks, but mm -hmm. then they got to put on the team hat. And I, yeah. feel like, I feel like neutral tone is the play, unless you know who's drafting you, in which case you right. can you can kind of dress that up. That's like one or two players every year. Everybody else, you know, they show up in a purple suit and they got to put on like a Falcons hat. It just Terrible. doesn't make sense. Terrible. Or like you've got this like red tux and then it's like, you're a Seahawk now. And it's like, oh God. <laughs> exactly. It's the worst so now, Christmas. <laughs> now the most, the most viewed photos of you in your lifetime are going to be you mismatching a flat brim hat with your designer suit. I'm telling you, man, if it were me, all right, Stacy, if you were getting drafted, what are you wearing? Great question. Uh, now, 10 years ago, I think I am one of the people that goes the Zeke Elliott, like crop top under a tux kind of thing. I love a crop top. However, 
I am really into it's the Kardashian effect. I I hate that I am, but I'm really into the monotone kind of like uh, or monochrome, like neutral colors. I think that's what I'm doing. I'm going kind of like this approach, like this uh, kind of like dusty rose tan neutral nude, but like all over, like including the undershirt. I think that's what I'm doing. It's hot. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I know I should fashionista over here, but that's absolutely I'll probably be going number one overall. Well, of course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> had had you chosen that line of work, I I do believe you would have been the number one overall pick. Thank you. Now, would you be ostentatious, or would you be like almost sarcastically like how they have celebrities that show up to red carpets and it's like I'm in a robe? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I I would I would be tempted to go ostentatious for sure, but honestly, I'm going with a well fitted black blazer, matching black pants. White high collar, button up shirt, no tie, top button undone. Yeah, they're gonna call you a good character guy. Absolutely, that's what I'm trying to. That's that's (laughs) That's what they're gonna do. That's it. Exactly. And he's a good kid, real classy. My 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 gold full length zoot suit with the purple pinstripes is gonna be sitting there lonely in my closet. Wait in the closet. It was it was waiting (laughs) for that day. But no, I'm I'm going pure black and white, Oscar style, ready to rock, open collar, making it happen. I guess I guess that's completely acceptable. Sure. Uh, hey, are you uh, are you pretty set? By the way, I know that you're going to bring this up on Jalen Carter at five. No, I'm not set. I'm not set. So I appreciate you saying that. That's that's who I mocked to them based off of the latest Brugler mock, which had uh, Will Anderson and Anthony Richardson gone by pick five. Uh, those are my top two in order. Will Anderson first, uh, Anthony Richardson second, and then I think Jalen Carter third. But I, I don't – I think he's the best football player in this draft. I mm-hmm. really, really do. Yeah. I don't want someone that needs to be babysat or needs to be coached to practice hard. Yep. I'm honestly not even that concerned as horrific and tragic as the car accident was. I think most of us have done stupid shit at 20 years old late mm-hmm. at night. And, and this one went really, really badly. Um, it's, it's all the reports, even Kirby smart who, I mean, this side of Dabo Swinney, nobody, sells their players to the NFL harder than Kirby smart. And even he was like, yeah, we've had to work pretty hard on him in practice, but I, I know think, I think he's got to the point where he practices hard most of the time. And it's just like, ah, I've been to Seahawks practices. You've been to Seahawks practices. It is sprinting everywhere. And you don't want that guy. You don't want your number five pick pulling up the end of the pack. No, absolutely not. And I'm curious to see if the Texans, uh, Surprise everyone and go quarterback. Here. Well, they didn't trade. It's, they didn't trade. Yeah. If if you had to gamble right now, right now, who are they taking? I would still guess Anderson, but I guess we'll see what happens. CJ Stroud. There you go. Okay. Wow. Look at that. All right. Two quarterbacks off the board. I uh, This is good news for the Seahawks if you're someone who wanted Will Anderson. We'll see what yes. Arizona does. Indy is, I think, sold on Will Levis. Um, now who knows if Seattle's still going to go quarterback at five, but if you were hoping Will Anderson would fall, the Titans, or excuse me, the Texans had become a favorite to take him. I love CJ Stroud. I, I think it's so weird that they had him slipping so far in some of these mocks. It felt like just like 
fodder to talk about ahead of the draft. I I think this is a fantastic pick for the Texans. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think CJ Stroud is the safest quarterback in this draft class. Agree. I was having the same conversations with friends about the Texans, similarly to the Seahawks, though with the Seahawks, I, I did go defense, um, which is like, if you're going to stick at number two, I know we've seen great defensive players drafted at two overall. It's not like you have to get a quarterback, but you need a quarterback. Why, you know, trade back and hope that someone will fall to you at 12? You have no guarantee whatsoever with so many quarterbacks. They did teams, the right thing. Especially with the Titans ahead of you. Yeah, that, that anyone will fall to you. They they absolutely did the right thing. Something just happened. So I was going to say, I'm not looking at Twitter, but I have Adam Schefter notifications, and I did just see one on my screen. What do we got? Yep. What do we got? Tell me. Yep. Can I say it? Yes. Say it. The Cardinals just traded with the Texans. The Texans picking at number three right no! now. No! Yes! Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. The Texans the are trading up to get three. Will Anderson right They're going to go second and third. That is beautiful. Okay. Oh, I was just about to say during our conversation that the front office of this organization has been so just ridiculously just dysfunctional. If they walk away with C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson and picks two and three, I'm, I really want to know what they gave up. I wonder if it if it wasn't quite it's going to be a haul but like Arizona was so desperate to trade this pick and made that known that I I even wonder if uh if they didn't give up as much as they might have in another year and the pick is in for is it in the, for this one? Oh, the, the man, no they're on the clock are on the clock. immediately the sexiest team of the draft right <laughs> you see how we the Seahawks had a shot Texans and are they so just, hot right now <laughs> yeah the Seahawks just got Zendayad in all my time as a Texans fan, I have always thought right. this team is on the verge. They are on the verge. If and, there's uh, one thing I've known about you, Stacey, you have been a lifelong Texans fan yes. for the last six minutes. Yep. And yep. this it's all coming to fruition for you. Go, go herd, go is what, <laughs> what they always say, what we always say. That's what we always say. Yeah, horns, horns up, you know? <laughs> That's incredible. I don't think that's ever had. Has the team ever had I, two I picks in the top three? Man, that's a great. I, it can't have been before. So this is definitely Bijan, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh, baby. So. Oh, okay. So if they take Will Anderson, that's my that's my number one like head. Yeah. Pick. That's what I want. But I've still got my heart, and I've still got my loins. And yeah. my heart and my loins picks are still on the table. Yep, yep. <laughs> Important to have those two things. Ideally, they coincide. Uh, yeah, there, not, not entirely this in this case. Yeah. Will Anderson off the board yep. at three. Okay, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. That's that's the first. That's the first guy off my wish list. I am praying that Will Levis goes at number four. Because yeah. he's the he's the only guy for me that of of the available picks that we think Seattle will take, Levis is the one guy that I'm then gonna have to spend the next five months like talking myself into. Why is that? I mean I, I agree with you, but I'm curious. Uh why Levis? Is it the mayonnaise? He's no, you know, that stuff doesn't bother me too much. The banana peel and and the mayonnaise. Can I just be honest with you, Stacey? Can I just yes. Can I just like let down my guard and speak truth? A thousand percent. Please do. 
I think I think he's a tryhard. <laughs> oh yeah. That's complete that is reason enough for me and you want to know what? I would bet you guys anything that there are scouts that by the time you get to this point you go he just talks funny. He's got you know what I mean? Like it just gets down to like I just get a vibe like that I guarantee you try hard is something that a real scout has worried about someone before. That's on a scouting report for sure. A thousand. I feel like, I feel like Will Levis is the guy who grills his Tinder dates about their opinions on Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But then not to actually get into a conversation just to be able to come in and be like, what he's doing is actually really like innovative. Yeah. Yeah. People can't, you know, they can't really pin him down. It's just not my flavor. I I might be wrong. You were talking to a guy who was, wrong about justin herbert who was wrong about josh allen like it is not it is not my flavor but i know that he is basically new age dan marino physically and in terms of the tools and all i get it and the guys who are running front offices 90 percent of them grew up watching the nfl in the 90s and seeing Mm -hmm. elway and marino and jim kelly and these guys just the the big tall, strong rocket arm, white dudes that can fling it around and that you have no hesitation putting on a giant 80 foot billboard outside your stadium. That's, that's Will Levis for sure. Yes. And he might be awesome, but I think he might be pretty bad. He's kind of got an Anne Hathaway where like, we all just decided we didn't like Anne Hathaway. Like I can't (laughs) put my finger on why Will Levis is like my last pick for quarterback. There's just something that like, everyone has decided like eh, he'll go to the Colts I don't really care like it, it's so weird it's just the quarterback that no matter who I talk to they are least excited if he goes to the Colts that would be that would be a dream because what I don't want to be doing is sweating out the Seahawks pick taking Will Levis with Will Levis on the board oh my god Whoa! Anthony Richardson to the Colts no! Oh, man. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, Oh, my God. Oh, your loins have been slain, Jackson. Great for Anthony Richardson. I love this for him. Going number three overall. Fantastic. There was a dream world that I wanted to live in where Anthony Richardson just ended up as a Seahawk. And now we'll never see that world. We'll never see it. You and me both. Oh my goodness! It's like you don't realize what you what you've got until it's gone. I didn't realize that I kind of wanted Anthony Richardson until he was off the board for sure. I wanted I wanted the Seahawks to make the decision. I did too. You know, Ugh. I I let myself get drawn in emotionally, personally, mm-hmm. spiritually, sex- sexually, sexually <laughs> to Anthony Richardson. The voice. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, you know, that backfield suddenly becomes really, really, really intriguing. Bump was talking about any backfield with Anthony Richardson is going to become intriguing. He's going to be fascinating to watch. Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson. Michael Pittman. I mean, here's the thing. This is the for Anthony Richardson. This is probably the best landing spot for him. You think it's a better spot than Seattle? I think the best landing spot would be a place where he can play behind someone for a year. I think it might have been in Seattle. I'm trying to cope. I'm trying to cope. I know. I totally get it. I (laughs) I just think that really, like, 
Seattle would have been a great fit for him and he could have learned behind someone. And I worry about him being thrown into the fire a little too soon. Absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. Seattle and Detroit were probably the best situations because of the talent around them, the coaching and being able to sit for a year. But in terms of seeing what he's got in terms of being able to get out there, the Colts, the Colts are one of those franchises where it's an anomaly, I think, that they're picking this high because I think they're generally, Jim Ursay's craziness aside, a pretty mm-hmm. well-run franchise. I agree. They've kind of gotten some rot- rotten luck. I mean, they Andrew have. Luck retiring that's, wasn't that's rotten brutal. luck. It's just it's it, it's just brutal. It was exactly. rotten luck. It's like he made a decision. It is what it is. Prime of his career. Like they could have been a franchise that's like a stalwart in that division for a while. Look who their starting quarterbacks have been since Andrew Luck. It's been uh, Carson Wentz and Philip Rivers Rivers. and Matt Ryan and Jacoby Brissett and Sam Ellinger. Like, yeah, it's been, it's been rough. Oh man. Oh, okay. All right. I'm recovering. All right, Stacy. So we're four picks into one of the least predictable drafts in recent memory. Texans have already won uh, the oh, first I mean, day of the draft. Two and three. CJ Stroud and Unreal. Will Anderson. I've never seen. I mean, might like be the two best prospects in this entire draft. They left with it. Okay. Yeah. Now, given what's transpired, what are your head and your heart, and if you feel like it, your loins telling you regarding the number five pick? My loins pick just got taken with Anthony Richardson. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my, I, I am still thinking it's God. I'm getting notifications that I'm trying to like <laughs> not look at right now. Everyone, stop it! They're trying to make me spoil it. Stop it! <laughs> I just have someone saying, "Do it." I don't, I don't know what it is. I really don't. Um, I still think it's going to be Jalen Carter. They need defensive help. I wonder if we have talked ourselves in into thinking it's not Jalen Carter just because it was the most obvious pick for them based on me. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If they take Jalen Carter, I will be excited. It's who I mocked to Seattle in our last pick. If it's Tyree Wilson, I'll be excited about that also because great talent yeah. at a position of need. I'm sweating Will Levis. I was really, really, really hoping Will Levis would be off the board. He's the one guy in this range yep. that... I worry I'm going to spend the next five months trying to talk myself into. I don't think they're going to go there. The pick is in. The, the pick, pick is in. in. I'm glad they made a pick. It. Can I just say that? I'm I'm glad that they made a pick. I was worried they would trade back. Oh, God. I'm just so my heart's racing because I'm getting notifications. Because I, I have Twitter, no, so it's like Seahawks PR. Oh, Stacey, you are, you are being in, an absolute like, soldier right now. Thank you so much. For <laughs> I'm resisting, too. I'm not looking at the phone. Yeah, because you know in any group chat, they're like, oh my I, God. I just looked. I have 62, 62 texts. So people on Twitter are telling us what's up, but we're here. We're living in the moment. That's what we do. In the cigar lounge, we live in the moment. Yeah. All right. Oh my God. Oh my God. Here's the moment we've been waiting. Oh, oh we went corner. Oh, Devin shit. Witherspoon, I'm into it. I'm into it. Didn't see it coming, but I'm into it. You talk about oh smokescreen, baby. <laughs> oh, look at Stacey. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. 
They took a first round quarter. What the fuck? I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. Holy shit. First reaction is this. They did have a meeting with Jalen Carter. First reaction, that interview was horrible. That interview was horrible. You did not like Jalen Carter. You had too many red flags. You saw something on tape. Something happened because your greatest need, period, without fail, was defensive line. And it was exactly what Jalen Carter is. You're so thin at defensive tackle. And you went with a cornerback where you had really solid play from oh Michael Jackson last God. year, who's a really cheap player. You've still got Trey Brown. I am convinced that they were unsold on Jalen Carter. Too. And now I'm wondering if Carter is going to get selected here or if he's going to fall outside of the top 10. I mean, you got Detroit who was mocked. Witherspoon was mocked to Detroit. Um, which, like, by the way, way to not repay Detroit for getting helping us get into the playoffs. Unbelievable. <laughs> really sticking it to them. Wow. Okay, oh my okay. God. so let's talk about Devin Witherspoon. We talk okay. so much about the need for pass rush, and there's no question that is so mm -hmm, crucial. Mm -hmm. But the part that never gets talked about yeah. when it comes to pass rush is coverage because what you are doing is creating more time that the quarterback has to hold the ball. So now yep. you're talking about a secondary yep. where you got Tariq Woolen, all pro on one side, Kobe Bryant, who probably be an all pro level nickel corner, the way that he's played so far. You've got your safeties and Quandre Diggs, all pro Jamal Adams, potentially all pro Julian love. Yeah. Fucking killer. And now you got Devin Witherspoon, yeah, oh, I can't who wait statistically is the best corner that college football has seen in years. He was he was like on the fringe of the mm -hmm. radar, but like I'm legit into it because your other picks give you a lot of opportunity to hit the defensive line. Uh, yes, a thousand. You can still at twenty, Nolan uh, Smith might be there. Uh, a teammate uh, of Carter's out of Georgia Absolutely. who outpaced him by a lot. He's smaller, but he is we had on a reporter who covers Georgia and he was like part of why uh, Jalen Carter was so gassed at the combine or at pro days. In addition to showing up almost 10 pounds heavier, he was trying to keep up with Nolan Smith and Smith is like DK Metcalf esque in yes. being in shape. Like he's like, he's in, as in shape as you could possibly get. And Jalen's trying to keep up with him and just can't. I wonder how much of this is, them being sold on what they think can be a very elite corner, a la Sauce Gardner at four last year to New York. And how much of it is just Pete really, really loving great defensive backs and being like, I can get I can do more with great defensive backs in a great secondary than I can than I can with other things. All right. We have another trade. No way. The Detroit Lions have traded the sixth overall pick no. to the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> They're gonna get Jalen Carter? They're getting Jalen get, Carter. Oh my God. <laughs> They're getting Jalen right here. I guarantee This is it. insane. I don't guarantee it. I the guarantee Cardinals nothing. are trading I guarantee up nothing. for Jalen Carter, we think. Oh! Oh no, I just, I almost said <laughs> Will Levis. <laughs> Not Will Levis. Okay, okay. So, Stacy, let me ask you this Tariq Woolen, Quandry mm -hmm. Diggs, Jamal Adams, Julian Love, Kobe Bryant, Devin Witherspoon. Are we talking about the best secondary in the NFL? Oh, best in the NFL, uh, the potential to be, certainly. I think that it is the best that you have had in years based on actual performance. So when they first got Jamal Adams, we were all having conversations, right? I remember having these conversations on air about like, is this the best defense you can have since the Legion of Boom? And it didn't end up happening because you just, you, you, you didn't end up performing very well. And you were the 31st ranked pass defense by the end of the year. What's interesting is, uh, 
they improved last year. We saw a, a Pro Bowl performance from uh, Tariq Woolen. We saw Quandre Diggs turn on, especially at the end of the year. Um, the only question mark is Jamal, the priciest of the bunch outside of value-wise, a number five overall pick. I have to say yes. I have to say yes, but I am not. I'm, I'm weary now. You know, historically, great NFL defenses have been built front to back. Right. You start up front and then you yes. have great linebackers and then hopefully a good secondary behind them. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll flipped all of that on its head starting in 2010. And he created yeah. a new blueprint for dominant NFL defenses, which was back to front. Just having a dominant secondary that forces the quarterback mm-hmm. to hold the ball for longer. Having corners that want to come up and tackle. And make no mistake, Devin Witherspoon is a goddamn dog. If you look at his tape, that dude yes. sticks his nose everywhere. He might be the single Physical. most instinctive uh-huh. cornerback in this draft. Like, uh, I don't remember the exact number, but I think uh, Pro Football Focus had him with the lowest passer rating when targeted of any corner they've ever charted. And he's also a guy that Ooh, wants to tackle. Like and it gives you so much freedom. With the three safety look that we keep hearing that they want to do, I'm into it. I am so into it. You you have certainly sold me on Witherspoon. I did like him. I hadn't watched a ton of tape, though he had been described to me many times as just a really, really physical corner, which I like. And I think that uh, that's the kind of player that Carol likes. I am now watching like a hawk pick 20 and beyond because that defensive line, that defensive tackle group is I know. Uh, I know. It, they, it definitely paints yeah, them into I'm, a corner. I, I do not feel rest assured they, about the rush. They are defense. painted into a corner <laughs> sure. on the defensive line now. Absolutely. To pass on Jalen Carter, to pass on Tyree Wilson, no question. I think the Devin Witherspoon and Tariq Woolen in the last two drafts with Kobe Bryant is crazy. I mean, we're talking about potentially yes. elite shutdown corners on rookie contracts for years. They okay. Oh, that's a okay. hey. You know what? That's Jaylen a. Might slip that's you a know win. what that is? That's that. a Kyler's our guy pick. Yeah. Wow, he went white suit coat with no shirt underneath, full belly hair. Is it like a brocade? He's I'm he's letting the full it. chest I, I and love belly it. hair fly. That's a move. Yeah, as every Absolutely. offensive lineman should. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You work hard for that body. Here's, here's the thing. We haven't talked a lot about this. Seattle has firepower to move back up. They've got 20 and 37 and 52 and 83. And I'd be totally fine if they stick and pick. But if they want Tyree Wilson or Jalen Carter, they can go get him. Tyree Wilson at seven. Does Atlanta go Bijan right here? No, not not be. with Carter and Levis on the board. No they... way. And Christian Gonzalez. No way they go Bijan over those guys. Is it happening? It's not Bijan. There's Raja? no way. Unless. Do it. Don't be a fucking coward. Do it. Oh! Come on. Come on. Yay! Oh, shit. Come on. No way. Bijan Robinson. You thought, brother. Come on now. The Falcons. We got Jalen Carter and Will Levis watching a running back get taken in the top ten. Question: If Jalen Carter 
regardless of what Witherspoon becomes. If Jalen Carter is phenomenal, defensive rookie of the year caliber in 2023, how are you feeling? I will have understood the process. Interesting. I think Devin Witherspoon would have to be bad for me to feel like it was the wrong move. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, they've never taken a corner this high. They've never taken anyone this high. But seeing Gardner last year succeed after being picked fourth, like you know what a difference a guy like that can make. And you might have two of those guys now. Yeah. Like even even the LOB oh, didn't God, have Pete two Carroll. lockdown corners. They had a lockdown corner and a brute on the other side that could get away with being a brute because they had Earl Thomas over the top. But they've never had two yeah. lockdown corners. So few teams have had two lockdown corners. And in today's NFL, sign me up. If Witherspoon's that guy. I, I hadn't thought of it, but I wonder how much of it is also co-signing on your outside linebackers. Nuosu, Daryl Taylor, your faith that you don't need a ton to make that unit as a whole better, that you love Dre Jones, you love Jaron Reed back here, you love those two outside guys. I think that that's could be a great part point. of it too. I think the referendum on that will be picks 20 and 37. I think it's I think it's too early Agreed. to say that, yeah, we're good with our front seven, and that's why we took Witherspoon. I think that was best player available. We see an all-pro talent that we can get on a rookie deal that we don't have to worry about coaching up in practice, about practicing hard. Oh my God. Oh my oh, God. Jalen Carter to the Eagles. The Eagles are such a good team. The Eagles are the best franchise in the NFL. This yep. is the pick that they scammed off of the Saints last year too. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great trade. Just to Mickey Loomis, damn. They cannot believe Jalen Carter is there at 10. Oh! Jameer Gibbs! Running backs are back! Let's Number go! Number 12! Come oh on! My God. It's running back season. Running backs so hot oh. right now, they are back Let's in. fucking go! Not, not on my radar! <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh! Dan Campbell, bully ball. Let's go! Stacy, if you could be on any reality TV show, what would it be? Now, my immediate answer was Survivor. Yeah, same. Okay. Um, I think it would be really fun. However, I don't camp. I've never camped. I, <laughs> I, uh, Seems like a poor choice then. <laughs> yeah, I don't like bugs. I'm a very picky eater, um, and I get sunburnt very easily. Uh, I have a low pain tolerance threshold. I would be eliminated day one by medical emergency. <laughs> okay. So, so survivors. So the board. I think, unfortunately, I have to pull myself from the game. Like, I can't pick survivor. Love is blind would be fun. And the difference that so high, I watched risk. Show called, high risk. That's the thing. That's the thing. I am still stunned at Jameer Gibson 12. I am floored. At Jameer Gibbs at 12. Yeah, yeah. Guys, is it too early to start getting excited about Jackson Smith and Jigba at 20? I, I think you just, you you honestly, you just need kind of like a fantasy pick to have. <laughs> I do. That's I what do. it is. It's going to be, I'll tell you what it's going to uh, be. You it's see gonna right be through me. It's going to be a utility pick. It's going to be like, uh. It's going to be a, Osiris Torrance and I'll be happy. It's gonna, 
it it's just gonna be some kind of like in the let's address the trenches and a slow tear will fall down your face watching Jackson Smith and Jigba go to go the to. Chargers or some shit. Oh, we have Devin Witherspoon quotes. Should we see what he said? Yes. Stacy, break the Devin Witherspoon quotes. Let's see. Uh, Devin Witherspoon, talking with reporters, said why he feels he's a good fit for Seattle. They told me about the culture they have there, the Legion of Boom, and the history they have. I know what it takes to be great like that. Ooh, I love that line. There's so much going on right now, I can't even really describe it, but I'm glad they chose me. I'm glad I'm going to be a Seattle Seahawk. Um, he described himself as energetic, physical, I'm a dog on the field, very confident in what I do. I'm passionate. I love to show my emotions out there. So that described me. He said everything about Washington was just really dope. Uh, the view, everything. They had him out to visit. and He really loved it. He said Pete Carroll and him shot hoops. Zero wide receivers taken still. That's wild. Jackson, if, uh, if the Seahawks take JSN or Michael Mayer, name bragging rights forever. That's right. It's Mike vs. Jackson. That's again. Right. Once again. Just like every week. It's the Agogi. The Thunderdome. Mike vs. Jackson. All right. All right. We are sitting here with the Seahawks staring down the 20th pick, and both Nolan Smith and Jackson Smith and Jigba are on the board. You guys know where I'm at. I am going to be fucking thrilled with either of those two. Where are you guys at? Stacy, who are you hoping for here? Uh, I'm hoping for Nolan Smith. He's an ace. He's an ace. I think I think that should be the pick. It addresses a need. Um, obviously not quite the same need as with Jalen Carter. Uh, the only reason I think they'd, tr- they'd pass is, is I do think that they really like their edge rushers that they have. In which case, Jackson, I think your pick, I think your dream pick might happen. Wild card, I'd say Dalton Kincaid. They don't need Ooh. it. They shouldn't, but they might. Somebody with a Smith in their name. Just give me a Smith. You're going to lose your mind if it's Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Any Smith. Nolan or Jackson. <laughs> give me a Smith. Levis is not. <laughs> Look at that guy. I love man. the camera even choosing to go to Levis. Like, you know, hey. If he picks up the phone. He is not my flavor. Stop showing him on the Seahawks. He, he's on the Seahawks Imagine if he answers it. I don't want the Seahawks trading out of this. Hello? There's two 1. great 1. players there. I don't want the Seahawks trading out of this. No, I. Oh no, they're gonna do it, aren't they? Oh my god. There hasn't been a wide receiver pick yet. (laughs) When's the last time you went twenty picks without a wide receiver in the modern NFL? I don't know. I don't know. We are taking this down to the wire with the Seahawks' twentieth pick. I'm starting to feel like I'm watching Top Chef and they're plating right now, and like I'm seeing some plates that aren't knives down decorated. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, they're not going to do it in time. One of the judges is not going to have something on their plate. You're going to be in the bottom. They're picking. That's way more fun than not picking. Totally agree. All it tells me is they may not have totally wanted this guy. With the 20th pick in the draft, the Seahawks select Tom Colicchio. Shut up, Mike. Now is not the time. They're going to like scrimmage on the stage before they lose the pick. <laughs> yeah, then the winner gets to announce it. <laughs> yeah! Oh my oh, God! Oh my go! God! <laughs> let's go! No way! <laughs> Come on! Come on! <laughs> the dream! Oh my God! The dream! 
Oh, God. <laughs> We've lost him. We did We've it. We lost him. We did it. Jackson at large, stock up. Guys, we did it. Handshakes all around. The Mike Hive concedes. We also had a guy who covers uh, Ohio State on to talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba. Said all the stuff that you already know. Like, hey, with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, he might still have been the better receiver. But he was like convinced that he would have gone much higher or been seen as much more elite had he been healthy. Like, he's one of those, like, if he had been healthy kind of picks where it ends up, I think, being a value pick for Seattle. This is but he was an really incredible high on pick. Yeah. Come on. I know. Come on. Huge. Oh, man. If only there was somebody who had the balls on their podcast to predict Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Seahawks at number You know what I mean? We need that hero. Was anybody that brave, Mike? Was anybody that brave? I'll tell you what I do love. DK, Tyler, and Jackson Smith and Jigba all being on the field at the same time. Are you kidding me? Oh, Oh, baby. Someone who planned the outfit with the hat. I need to see Gino's face right now. Come on. Because look at this crepey dove gray blazer with the dove gray hat. It matches. We did it. We did it. I cannot wait to hear what Bump has to say about JSN as a receiver. Am I worried about the defensive line? Sure. Yes. What the Seahawks? But listen, listen. The take, and this is a little bit stolen from Mina Kimes, uh, who I saw retweet something about it earlier. Rather than getting a like blue chip grade A player at their biggest area of need, that area remains, you know, with some holes, but they just became pretty elite in two other position groups. Yes. So it's like, it's almost like, you know, you can have depth and be solid, but if you're elite with your wide receivers and I'll say secondary as a whole, like that is helping with any fear I have about the defensive line right now is thinking like, you know what? I might take elite. The Seahawks, if, if Witherspoon and Smith and Jigba are 85% of what we project them to be, we are top three wide receiver, top three secondary. Yeah. Now you get your wide receiver run. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. It's happening. Yeah. I'm glad Seattle yep. started it. I'm glad yeah. Seattle started it because I think I think JSN is absolutely the best of the bunch. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it that way, you left with the best corner and slightly more debatably, but best wide receiver. Number one at both. So we are joined by the other half of Bump and Stacy on 710 ESPN. We've had Stacy Rothstein with us for the draft. She's been killing it. And now we got Michael Bumpus. And we could not be more excited to get your insight on Seattle's last pick with who I mocked to them at 20 last week and who I think is the best wide receiver in the draft. Bump, talk to us your reaction to Jackson Smith and Jigba being drafted by the Seahawks. You know, uh, Jordan Babineau tech tapped me right before the pick. He goes, who you got? I go in Jigba. Yeah. Because why you want in Jigba? You know, we need this, we need that. I go, we need a number three receiver, man. Yes, sir. Good one is gone. I mean, DeAstris, this was his last year right here. And with Jackson Smith and Jigba, he might not be here anymore. You got to be explosive on offense. Yes, there's still some things to do on defense. But the perimeter's looking good on defense. Receivers are looking good on offense. Give Geno more weapons. Let him get loose. I ain't mad at the pick at all. Hey, and, and here's the thing. 
man. Like, I love Tyler Lockett. I cannot believe he's still a top 15 wide receiver in the NFL this late in his career. But his sunset is coming, right? Like, he's no longer running after the catch. He's getting open. He's making the catch. But at some point, you got to have somebody to take his spot. And I think the Seahawks just drafted a technician. Yeah, exactly. That, that was uh, my direct analysis. I go, look, this man's a route runner. Acceleration, deceleration, tough catches. Now, what Lockett is to him is what Bobby Ingram was to the class when I came to the Seahawks. You got that guy who's going to catch the football, get the first downs, get down, and live to fight another day. Now you got a young bull who's going to be like, I'm trying to get money after this catch. I ain't Come on. And Come on, baby. Okay, man, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this pick. Still some things to do in this, in this draft, but uh, so far, so good. Okay, so uh, before last season, I went down to one of the Seahawks practices, and you and I grabbed lunch afterwards, and, and we talked about some of the things that don't show up in the conversations about wide receiver. And, and I've mentioned this on the show a couple of times because it really stuck with me. You talked about the separation between good receivers and great receivers is having a plan, right? You get three, four steps into your route, and things aren't looking exactly right. What can you do? I asked you to rate Tyler Lockett on a scale of 1 to 10. You said 9.8. I said, how about DK Metcalf? You said a 7 and getting better. When you look at Jackson Smith and Jigba, and he gets three, four steps into his route, and maybe things aren't, aren't there, what's your confidence level in him to read the situation and get open? I'm extremely confident. One of the reasons why I am is because he's not a 4-4-4-3 guy. So he can't just rely on, okay, I'm just going to run by you. He's got to rely on, I got to understand what this defense is doing. I got to move you. I got to have a backup plan. He's listed at six foot, guaranteed he's 5'11. He's my height. <laughs> that's the most, imp- hey, that's that's the most single most valuable inch on the planet is an NFL player going from 5'11 to six feet. Hey, all day. I claim six feet with shoes on all day. Don't even. <laughs> but I believe in it because I've seen it. Because he's a smaller receiver, guys are going to be more aggressive at the beginning of his route, in the middle, and at the top. He's been dealing with that his whole life, his whole career. So I'm extremely confident. He is a pure route runner, and that's what you got to do. As far as DK, DK's getting better. He's understanding that, look, if I can move you and run through you and run by you, I'm going to be unstoppable. So the development across the receiver core is looking good. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so, so Bump, what are the top three things you look for when you're looking at a wide receiver? Because, look, you are a highly recruited wide receiver coming out of high school. You are a highly productive wide receiver in college. You spent some time in the league. When you look at these guys coming up, what are the top three things you look at that says, this is the difference between a successful professional wide receiver and someone who's not going to make it? Well, you got to look at their release. Do they know what they're doing? Do they have a plan? Whether that be a soft corner or a soft safety or a guy that's pressed. Two, I got to look at his hands in his release. Is he just trying to muscle you? Can he move you? Can he use his hands to get you off him? And then I'm looking at how crisp his routes are and the timing of it. Some guys get to the top of the route and it's taking too long. The quarterback gets to that back foot and he ain't ready to go. So they move on to the next guy. And then it's about making plays, man. I mean, I can coach a slow 4-7 receiver and get him open, right? Yes, sir. Play that no one expects you to make. Can you go over to the top somebody, head top them, and come down with that football? You got to have some dog in you, and then you got to go across the middle. You got to be able to take a safety coming down to smack you, a linebacker looking to get you. There's a lot of things, man, but I say those are the things that I look for when I'm judging. All right. All right. I'm, I'm into that. So, so for those three things, 
how does JSN stack up? Man, like you said, I, best receiver in NCAA football. Yes, and sir. not by accident. It's not like he's DK, 6'4", 6'3", 235 pounds, and can just run by guys, right? He's crowned the best receiver, and he is 5'11", and does not Come run on. a 4'4", four, 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 maybe a high 4'4". Four, four. Talk right, dirty so I, to me, Bump. I look at him, and I love it, and he's played in big-time games. You saw yes, what sir. he did to Utah in 2022 in the Rose Bowl when everybody's 300 watching. 300 yards in the Rose Bowl. Get out of here. Perform when the lights are on. And I see that in this young man. I think he's going to be perfect up here in this offense. I'm excited for Gino. I think Gino's excited as well. Two questions for you. First one is, is this draft pick a full confidence, push your chips in on Gino move for the Seahawks? I would say this draft, this draft pick is, look, we love our tight ends. Like two and three tight end packages. All right. But we need to be even more versatile. You look at the best teams offensively, right? There's that third option when it comes to throwing the ball that's typically not a tight end. Now, you can look at Philadelphia and in their situation and say, okay, well, their third option isn't a tight end, but their offense is just different than ours, right? You brought Geno here for a reason, not just to duplicate what you did last year to elevate. So how do you expect him to elevate if you don't get better with the O-line and you don't give him more weapons on the outside? He had a Pro Bowl season last year. I'm not even saying he's going to have a Pro Bowl season this year, but he has more weapons. Second half of the season, he was forcing things down the field. He's not going to have to do that anymore. So I'm excited for him. All right, second question. Am I crazy comping JSN to Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen, I would say... Don't just say yes. <laughs> no, you don't got to pander. You don't got to say yes. Keenan Allen is longer. He's longer than uh, Jackson Smith and Jigma. They both have good routes, but I would say the run after the catch with Jigma is better than Keenan Allen. They're both pure route runners, but I think that when Jigma gets the ball, he can do a bit more than what Allen can do. I love that. I love that. Stacy, talk to me now that you've had a little bit to kind of let this marinate and respond. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? about JSN as the Seahawks 20th pick. Oh, I love him as the, as the pick. I am, uh, we talked about it a little earlier. I love the idea of getting the number one ride receiver, a number one corner as your two picks. And of those two groups already having talent there. So now instead of, oh, they have Njigba and no one, it's they have DK Tyler and Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm going to be really honest. I'm still nervous about not getting a defensive lineman at all in the first round. And I don't feel bad about it. I love the picks. A little nervous. That's beautiful. Hey, Bump, man, I know that you're busy hosting a party at the Space Needle. I know you got VIPs. You got you got everybody there. You got Love is Blind there. Thank you so much for jumping in with us. We're going to let you get back to it. Thanks for having me. I wish I had a cigar myself. Yeah, I can take care of you on that. No problem. Stacy, thank you so much for coming in. We really, really appreciate your insight. It's been a blast having you. Thank you for popping in. Thank you. All right. We have been so fortunate with our guest today, and I cannot believe we were able to get the next guy to talk about how this draft is going. We have friend of the show, mentor, absolute professional, Dick Fain in the house, talking about the Seahawks draft. All right. First of all, Dick, thank you for joining us. Secondly, talk to me, immediate reaction. If I told you 
four hours ago. The Seahawks were leaving the first round with Devin Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigba. What would your reaction have been? Well, let's start with the first. Uh, stunned would be my reaction to the first pick because, first of all, of history, right? The Schneider Carroll era has never taken a cornerback higher than 90th overall, and they jump 85 yeah. spots ahead of that and take one <laughs> at number five. I mean, you, you think that, you know, Pete has always been like, I can find the diamond in the rough cornerback, right? I can find the guy in the third, fourth, fifth round, and I can turn him into a stud. That's what he's been able to do. And then this year, he just goes and grabs the top one off the shelf in the, with, the, with the fifth Come on now. pick. So I was really, really surprised about that. I don't think it's a bad pick. Um, I think that uh, I think Hugh brought up a good point on the show today. He said, this is a pick that changes the entire scheme of your defense. He says, now you can okay. become a single high safety defense again. You've got lockdown corner Woolen on one side, lockdown corner Witherspoon on the other side. And you can bring Jamal Adams in and play linebacker where he should be next to the box. We don't have to worry about the Jamal Adams horror show, 15, 20 yards from the line of scrimmage. You can leave Quandre out there <laughs> by himself, and you can play Jamal close to the box. So that that excites me. My concern with Devin Witherspoon is, and the first thing I thought when I, when I saw that we picked him up, I was like, all right, let me go see what he did against Ohio State because that's the test in the Big Ten, right? And I looked at Devin Witherspoon's uh, game by game log, and I saw 2022, Ohio State, 2021, Ohio State, 2020, one game that was canceled due to COVID, Ohio State, 2019, Ohio State. I'm like, damn, he didn't play the best team with the best wide receivers in the Big Ten in his entire career. And then I'm looking at the NFL log from the Big Ten, and I'm like, damn, there's no Big Ten receivers in the NFL. So that concerns me a little bit. Not that there's none. There's like, you know, Jahan Dotson and guys like that. But like, there's no big time Big Ten wide receivers in the NFL that he played against in the last four years. So that was not outside of Ohio State. That's true. Exactly. And he never played those guys. So that's what concerned me about that. So wasn't disappointed. Uh, Was very surprised. I trust Pete in his ability to coach up corners. Then with Jackson Smith and Jigma. He's the guy that I wanted at 20. I mean, he was he was number one on my list at 20. I felt my fist went you down and both, they made that pick. I was fired up. I remember him in the Rose Bowl, what, 15 months ago, just tearing it up, man. So this is a guy that fills a starting spot. Everybody's like, wow, well, you, you already got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. No. 2023, three wide receivers are on the field like 70% of the time. So this is a starting spot. Takes over for Tyler Lockett as your number two guy in a couple years when Tyler Lockett's contract is over. It's a perfect fit. Gives Geno another target. So, overall on the first round, it's a solid, solid B+. Plus. If it was Jalen Carter, I would have okay. gone A or A-, minus, but I think it's a solid B+. Plus in the first round. I'll take it. I'll take it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. So, we talked about Witherspoon, obviously, a lot when the pick happened, and He's someone that I've talked about a fair amount on the show leading up. Uh, I never mocked him to Seattle, but he, as as Mike can attest, he was on my short list. Here's here's what I like about it. I mean, we came into this draft saying you got to get D line and you got to get into your offensive line. Seattle has not addressed either of those positions yet. Those those are the holes in the bottom of the boat. But what they have done is increased the size of their main sails because. 
I believe if Devin Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigba are even 85% of what we're projecting them to be, Seattle has a top three secondary and a top three wide receiver core. And how do you win in the modern NFL? You win by passing the football and stopping the pass. And all of a sudden, Seattle has the potential, the potential, I'm not putting them there yet, to be elite in both categories. And the underrated part of rushing the passer is how long does the quarterback have to hold the football? Quarterback hasn't had to hold the football very long against the Seahawks for like five years. And now, if Weatherspoon's that guy, if he's as sticky in the NFL as he was in college, you just bought yourself an extra half second on every single pass play that you go against this year. No, that's a great call. And Witherspoon is a tough guy as well. He can help against the run because that's where, I mean, Seahawks were so bad against the run last year, and you don't really think about corners being run stoppers. In the yellow area, era, the corners were run stoppers. These guys are going to, you know, Tariq Woolen needs some help on run stopping. This guy is a, is a very, very good run stopper. And then also, you know, I read this a, a couple months ago. I didn't realize this. I mean, I knew the Seahawks were a fast team. And I knew they really, they really wanted to get speed into their team for the last couple of years. I didn't realize, according to Next Gen, the Seahawks were the fastest team in the NFL. You tell me, yes, that, sir. did they get yes, faster or slower with Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigba? I mean, the fastest team in the Come NFL on now. just got faster at two speed positions. Let's go. Let's go, baby. And here's the thing. I mean, there is absolutely opportunity cost with taking a cornerback at five, there is absolutely opportunity cost with taking wide receiver at 20. But you know what? You have pick 37, you have pick 52, you have pick 83. You can still address the trenches. The draft gets pretty flat from here on out from the people who are smarter than me when it comes to projecting these guys. You've got a plateau now that you can start picking from that you didn't have to use your premium picks on. But they used premium picks on premium positions. And when I say premium positions, I mean that if you are elite at your job, you're going to command 20 to $25 million a year in order to perform at that level. And they have them on rookie contracts for four years yeah. with a fifth year option on both of them. No, that's right. And, and you got to go trenches. Now you got to go interior offensive line. You got to give me one more edge rusher. You got to get at least one more interior lineman. So there's, there's like four spots right there. I mean, there's center, there's guard, there's, there's edge rusher, there's defensive tackle, and you know those four spots, I mean, you probably can't address them all with high draft picks. You don't have that many high draft picks, but you've got you to spend the next two picks at least on one of those four positions. Yes, sir. I mean, here, here's the thing. I would have loved Will Anderson fell to five. I would have loved yeah. if Anthony Richardson was there at five, but I'm glad they didn't take the bait on Will Levis, who I think is still on still the board. Hanging. Yeah, he's still chilling right you know, now, dude. <laughs> you know, still chilling. and, and if, if they had gone with Nolan Smith at 20, I would have been thrilled if they had yep. gone Osiris Torrance at 20, I would have been okay with it. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, I mean, when you talk here's here's what I want from my first round picks second round on fill positions of need, fill your gaps, plug your holes, do what you got to do first round, get my dick hard. And that is what the Seahawks did in the first round today. Yeah, they swung for the fences, and that's been so un-Seahawk-like, right? I mean, for so many mm-hmm. years, you know, we get to the we get to the 23rd pick, and then it's like, well, we're going to trade down to 27. Ah, then we're going to trade down to 31. And then we're going to take a guy <laughs> you've never heard of, LJ Collier, right. Malik McDowell, and you're just like, okay, this is just another John and Pete route. Well, 
What did they do last year for the first time? They actually took dudes that A, got you excited, and B, that all the scouts were like, yeah, these are the dudes they should have taken, and it worked out. So maybe they learned from that theory. They're like, okay, we went more just kind of normal instead of just trying to outthink ourselves and outsmart everybody else. We went with what everybody thought we were going to do last year, and it turned out really, really well with Cross, Lucas, guys. So I think they're doing kind of the same thing. Like you said, they're taking dudes in the first round, kind of regardless of need, because it's not like corner and wide receiver were even a top two need, not going to be the top three need. Like wide receiver, wide receiver is probably like your fourth or fifth need. Corner was probably your fifth or sixth need. But they got dudes there, so now you're exactly right. Second, third, fourth round. Let's hit those lines and hit them hard. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, now it's like you can take the guardrails off. You don't have to think as much. You can just hammer trenches. And there's going to be guys that are at least talented enough to compete for starting spots. But there is no world in which I don't think the Seahawks got a lot better today than yep. they were yesterday. Yep, no question. Well, what grade did you give them, Jackson? A minus. All right. I like that. I like that. Did you want, like, if they had gotten Carter, what, what would you have graded him? But were you a pro Carter guy? I was kind of a, I was kind of a pro Carter with hesitation uh, guy. If they drafted Carter, I would have given them an incomplete. Okay. All right. You know you what I'm saying? Like, don't, don't. Yeah, yeah, and don't don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm on the record as saying I think Jalen Carter is the best football player in this draft if he hits the ceiling. If every single player in this draft hit their absolute ceiling, it's Carter and it's Anthony I Richardson. I agree, absolutely agree. And uh, but of all the players, of all the players that are in that conversation to be one of the five, six, seven best players in this draft class, Jalen Carter is the scariest, and. You know, I, I'm okay with them taking the sure thing. The talent is undeniable with Carter, but I don't want them to have to coach up a guy to practice hard. And yeah. I'm, I'm willing to write off the off-field stuff because we've all done stupid shit when we were 20, 21 years old. That was an awful thing. I cannot imagine what losing a friend in that way does to somebody. Uh, I'm willing to write off the subpar pro day performance. None of that stuff really matters to me that much. It's the consistent quotes from both scouts and his college coaches about how much effort they had to put in to get him to practice hard. And I've been to Seahawks practices. I know you've been to Seahawks practices. Those dudes are sprinting everywhere. Every drill, every minute is high, high motor. And if he's not that guy, it's going to be really, yeah. really obvious. So I, I don't know that he's a guy that you have to babysit, but I don't get the sense that you have to babysit Devin Witherspoon or Jackson Smith. And no, these two guys are going to come in. They're going to fit perfectly with the Hawks. And and you're right. It's it they, they went safe, which is fine with me. I'm kind of a conservative drafter myself. So, I mean, the guys that I liked were like the, uh, you know, the the Will Andersons, the, the Peter Skaronskis, the Jackson Smith and Jigbas, the dudes that I knew that, okay, Maybe they don't have all pro ceilings. I don't think Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be Devontae Adams or Justin Jefferson. Sure. But I think he's going to be a really solid 70 to 80 catch guy for a long, long time. Maybe not this year catch 70 to 80 while, while Tyler and DK are both there. But when, when Lockett goes, Jackson Smith and Jigba is 24 years old. 
Dude's catching 80 balls for 1,100 yards every freaking yes, year. And so I think I think that with some players, you have a really wide range of outcomes. Uh, a couple of players we talked about already, Jalen Carter and Anthony Richardson, you're talking about low floor, extremely high ceiling. I think the bell curve for Jackson Smith and Jigba and Devin Witherspoon is really, really tight. You know, when, when you're talking about JSN, I see the floor as Tyler Boyd and the ceiling as Keenan Allen, prime Adam Thielen, guys that get open early, first down machines. That's why, I, I mean, look at how this offense operated with Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin wasn't scoring 70, 80 yard touchdowns, but if it was third and six, He's going to be open two yards past the sticks. And there is so much value in that. And that is all I saw on JSN's tape. Yeah, if he, he's got, I think he's got more talent and ability than Doug Baldwin. If he can have, if he can come close to the wide receiver acumen and the dog that Doug Baldwin was. Yes, sir. Look out. I mean, look, look out. Because then you're, then you're talking about a pro bowl. You're not talking about maybe all pro, but you're talking about a pro bowl wide receiver right there. Well, and, and, and here's the under-discussed part of the Seahawks offense is we switched from basically a vibes by time and get open offense with uh, Schottenheimer and Bevel and Russell Wilson to a timing offense with a quarterback that operates really well on time. Jackson Smith and Jigba is a timing wide receiver. He's not a guy where it's like, hey, he needs four seconds to get open. That guy needs one second to get open. Mm-hmm. No, there's no question about it. He's going to be able to. He's going to be able to get off press coverage. He's going to be able to go all the, over the field. He can go wide. He can go in. He can go in the slot. He's done all of that. And you know, hey, he's used to running with a lot of a lot of great wide receivers too. I mean, Ohio State. I mean, where would Ohio State rank in the NFL in wide receivers? I mean, I'll put Marvin Harris and Jackson Smith and Jigman Mecca Buka ahead of about. 15 wide receiver trios in the NFL. So he's been playing. We're talking about a guy that outperformed Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. That's right. We're talking about a guy that made Jamison Williams transfer. That's exactly right. And, and CJ Stroud has played with all of those guys. And you, and you mentioned this a couple of times today on the show. He said, CJ Stroud says, I have never played with a better route runner than Jackson Smith and Jigman. Now you can say, Oh, it's a college quarterback saying that who has he actually played with? Well, the Ohio State College quarterback <laughs> this is an organization that has spit out some monsters recently. We haven't even mentioned Terry McLaurin. Yep. I mean, they recruit wide receiver better than anyone in the country. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave have gone out of their way to say that Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best of them. Uh, I saw I saw an interview with um, the uh, the Ohio State wide receivers coach, who is like their main recruiter. And his whole job is basically go get the best wide receiver in the country every year. That's that's your goal. And he does it. And he was asked, of all the wide receivers you coached, who's the best? And he said, look, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. Never seen anyone like him. After that, it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then it's Terry McLaurin. And then it's Garrett Wilson. And then it's Chris Olave. Like, these are top 10 draft picks in the NFL that he yep. is favorably comparing Jackson Smith and Jigba to. And Marvin Harrison's going top five next year. Yes. So I mean, that's Marvin, the only guy. Marvin Harrison got. Jr. might be the first non-quarterback taken next year. I think that's fair. I think that absolutely could happen. I mean, he's a, he's just he's a home run. I mean, but he, because he he's a home run like outside wide receiver. Like he is Justin Jefferson. He is. Yes, he is. You yes. know, he is Jamar Chase. Whereas Jackson Smith and Jigba maybe a step down from that, but still really really solid. Jackson Smith and Jigba could be Stephon Diggs, honestly, the way he runs routes. I like that comp. Give me, give me, give me some of that. Yes, sir. Like that. Yes, sir. 
I love it. Dick, thank you so much. I know you're on your commute home. Drop the top. Flex a little. Let's, Let's go. Appreciate your time, baby. All right. We'll talk to you anytime, man. We'll see you. All right, y'all. That does it for an incredible day. Make sure you're following Stacy Rost, Michael Bumpus, and Dick Fain on Twitter to get more of what you heard today. And stay tuned for the details on the official Cigar Thoughts Cigar release. As for us, you can find Mike and I on social media as well. I am on Twitter at, at Jackson Bevins. That's J-A-C-S-O-N. Remember that no K is okay when spelling my name. Mike is on Twitter at, at Mike Barwin, and the show itself is at Cigar Thoughts. You can also find us on Instagram at Cigar Thoughts NFL, on TikTok at, at Cigar Thoughts, and on Facebook at Seahawks Cigar Thoughts. Of course, you can listen to this show and read every article at fieldgoals.com slash cigar thoughts. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you like the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a quick review. Thank you to all of y'all listening for your continued support of this show. We know you've only got so much time for audiobooks, music, and podcasts, and it's an honor to be a part of that for y'all. Please know that by sharing the show on social media and with your friends, you give us the juice to keep making this happen. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, onwards and upwards, my friends. <laughs>